My name is Mark McGowan and you are listening to Inspire Radio. Where it's 9.30 here on Inspire Radio, you're on Talking Sport with Orazio. Um, I've got our next guest lined up here and our next guest this morning is four-time championship winning former Perth Wildcat in Greg Hire. Now, Greg's also a founder of A Stitch in Time and they do some amazing work in youth development and advocating mental health. Uh, Greg, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, mate. It's, uh, it's a beautiful day, so no, I really appreciate it. It is. Thank you very much. Um, so as a myself as a bit of a Wildcats fan, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are out there as well, um, one, one of the things I, I, I know I've admired, um, I'm a Victorian, so don't hold that against me, but when I, when I moved over um, and got to go to a few Wildcats games in particular, I was a bit of a um, North Melbourne Giants fan back in the day. That's how old I am. Um, and going to the old glass house, and that used to really buzz. So that was like, you know, when the NBA had a you know, real big sort of footprint on Australian sport at that stage. Um, but then coming over here and he- always heard about the Perth Wildcats fans and all that sort of stuff, but they kept like, and must be amazing running out to a capacity crowd at Perth Arena playing in front of that, you know, for the Wildcats. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's funny enough, like obviously um, – like being a, a proud West Australian, um, you know, my, my memories, you know, similar to yourself, North Melbourne Giants days, like you sort of, um, I remember going to the entertainment centre and and um, funny enough, when I had signed my first sort of gig as a development player, the, the Perth Arena was in the, in the midst of, of getting built and developed. Yeah. And so for me, I literally, my very first goal was just to be able to, to, to run out um, in front of the arena for like the very first time, like, you know, just once. And then I was like, yep, that's my career. And fortunately <laughs> enough, I was able to play for 10 years. Um, and, you know, you can't, that, that buzz, um, you know, in terms of what's generated, you know, obviously yeah, Victorians would understand it. The, um, you love or hate to be on that side, you know, it's, yeah. um, the, the fans are extremely passionate. Um, I mean, every fan base would say they're the, they're the, they're the smartest. But, um, you know, I think just because of sheer numbers, um, you know, once you got rolling and, you know, what one thing um, that was quite evident with Perth Wildcat um, fans is that, you know, obviously, you know, Bryce Connors and, yeah, you know, sensational plays would, um, would always be acknowledged. But... You know the effort plays. You know the taking a charge, getting a big rebound, or you know a, a play that was that sort of that one yeah. center would um would get recognised. And you know that's obviously what I thrived as a player, and it was it was always quite special hearing that. Definitely, and and finals games at, at the arena must have been you know outstanding because I know I mean th- those tickets are as rare as Henstead. They get snapped up in in two and a half seconds flat when <laughs> when they're when they're on sale, but um. You know, they're, they're, I just think it's one of the best shows in town and then hopefully um, we'll be able to get that back up and running to nearly full capacity um, come the new NBL um, um, season. But four championships, I mean, winning the first one must have been amazing, but you know, can you describe the feeling of, of you know, the, the final buzzer goes and that's it, you're a, you're a championship winner. That must be amazing. Yeah, I mean, and that's why you play sports to to play at the highest level, you know. Yeah. Um, irrespective of what you do, you don't, you know. Obviously, yeah, you know, watch junior sports. You know, it's, it's the championship for wins and losses, and ultimately a championship. And 
you know, like we, you know, we, you, you're spoiled as a Perth Lions fan. I was even just talking, I caught up with Jesse Wagstaff last night and, you know, he's won six championships and we're talking about numbers being retired. Like yeah. it's crazy to think, <laughs> you know, we, we walk away and, you know, you get, when I get introduced, even for example, four championships and you sort of, it's like, oh yeah, it's just, it is what it is. Um, and it's, it is, it's amazing. Like it, it is incredible, the success that the clubs enjoyed um, for those amount of years. And even when you look at like, uh, Eric Watterson, we recently in the week we were I, I caught up with him and you know he's a he's an icon. And you talk about I guess the heydays and mm-hmm. you know these these um, clubs that were so successful for a long period of time and he only had two. So I think it is remarkable. I think it's understated maybe how how amazing the club's been in the last decade or so in terms of the success. Yep. But you know when I won our first after winning our first one, we had lost a couple and pretty in in. Um, in difficult circumstances, my very first, I guess, grand final, I was really involved. Damien Martin got injured on the eve of the finals, so we sort of felt like we were, you know, um, up against it. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, took over a crack, and 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 then another year we went to best of three, and we lost in in um, New Zealand. And to be honest, I, I lost that grand final series, um, and had I was like had gastro the week off, so I'd lost seven kgs just in the three games leading. So I was always like, wow. when am I ever going to get a good chance to to play, you know, and, and have a, a great opportunity to win a championship? But yeah. um, the good thing about them, all four were one in really different circumstances, contrasting styles in terms of our style never played in terms of our playing style. But, you know, from winning the first one where James Ennis was this one of the, arguably one of the, the greatest players to play in the NBL mm-hmm. um, and doesn't get recognized because he only played a year. But to then, you know, later on in my career where you're sitting at the bottom of the ladder, you know, where jobs are on the line and um, to then finally win it, to, to then have the, the chance to, to lift the trophy. Yeah, pretty remarkable. Yeah. And and it sort of culminates all the heart. I mean, these are these are cliches, but um, you know, I've I've been lucky enough to be around high performance sport for for a while myself in, in my professions. And um I understand the heart, like it, it is real, real hard graft that goes into to getting there. So the the show, the polish show that's out there on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whenever you guys are playing. I mean, the, the schedules are amazing, especially for the WA team. You know, you're jumping on a plane and then you've got to fly back and play the next day. And, yeah, we won't, we won't go into that. But um, it's it's bloody hard work, isn't it, like to, to get there? Oh, yeah. And, and we see that all in life, you know, just with social media, you know, like only the, the glossy things generally get shown. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, like even people would have a – uh, and that's why I sort of even like to say the last dance documentaries. Yeah. And, you know, you, you see even for a team that, um, you know, even from, from that, I thought they were a dominant side that really had no, you know, issues. And then on the other side, you're like, well, okay. Like they actually had to go through quite a bit. So yeah, yeah there's no doubt. Yeah. Obviously travel, but um, yeah, internally there's a lot of things that go on that yeah, no one would ever know. And, and they'll never go out because that's the inner sanctum. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what makes it that much more sweet. I mean, if, if every, you know, all your listeners, there's a, a highlight in their life, especially if it's from a physical aspect, you know, like I think that's why, you know, not like people aren't going to, you know, if they have an ambition, oh, look, I'm going to run a marathon or I'm going to do a triathlon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because of that, I guess, you know, you want to you want to challenge yourself. You don't yeah. go, well, look, I'm just going to run 100 metres. Like it's <laughs> people embrace the, the journey, yeah. but the journey is never really acknowledged. You know, it's just not, you know, how can you capture 
you know, that on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, look, it, it is. Um, and I think that's even like from our last championship, you know, that was obviously, you know, I, I retired on top. That That's rare. Yep. Um, but the, the year was easily the most difficult, challenging um, year that I encountered over my career. Um, so when you look at it and upon reflection, you're like, yeah, wow, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and, and, and I guess, I mean, we, we can go into it just a little bit later, but um, you you can reflect back now on how much you would have grown as a person. I mean, like, you know, the, the more difficult that it, the journey oh. is, I guess, the more you grow, don't you? I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I mean, we we are, you know, like in terms of emotionally driven and, and athletes are in a, in a different light. There's, there's absolutely no doubt behind it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and then it's part of my transition of, I guess, you know, yeah, people say <laughs> the real life. But, yeah, there's absolutely no doubt that I think um, the challenges that I face from a professional standpoint to what now um, professional sports environment, sorry, to now what I am in a, in a working environment. Yep. Um, yeah, like I'm not saying, oh, it's, there's, there's no, <laughs> it's like I don't go, oh, there's no challenges, but it obviously helps you out and, you know, you're driven and, you know, just in, in every other little thing when you're, when you know you're expected to, you, you as a professional athlete, you're, you're challenged extremely, both physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, yeah, it's definitely holding me in good stead as I, as, I, as I've transitioned into the next phase of my life. Yep. So your your journey into basketball, journey along the way was um, like can you can you sort of briefly sort of touch on that? So you're a little kid, you've been introduced to the sport somewhere along the line. Um, yeah. How did that sort of work. Yeah, I look. My my family prehistorically has always been involved in basketball, both my my dad and my, my brother. So, mm-hmm. um, as a little tucker, I just um, yeah followed him, I followed him around, and you know, just the ball was in my hands. So it sort of was always natural. Like I remember, you know, um, yeah, like say if my brother's doing state tryouts, or whatever, like I'd be at the stadium, and yep. just shooting on another court. So yeah, look, natural progression. I I did it and. Um, so I always just had this this love of it, I guess, in a way. And then, you know, you, you obviously stick around because you're naturally good at it. And the height obviously helped me out a little bit later on in my life. And, um, yeah, it was obviously in a in another way, it was an opportunity for me to, um, yeah, it was my sanctuary. I always sort of say that. That was basketball was the one thing that remained, remained stable in my life. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had an opportunity to, to represent Western Australia at national championships and, um, I was a bit of a late bloomer as such, um, and then was able to go to, to America, which I guess is everyone's ambition. Um, you know, getting over to the states, yep. getting a college scholarship, and and then upon coming back, was was awarded a contract. And um, yeah, it was a bit unique because um, I was offered a contract after my first year by then coach Scott Fisher, mm-hmm. um, and I sort of was like, oh well, look, it's a I guess Big Scotty. Uh, and uh, yeah, no brain. If I get a gig, you know, if I get offered a gig after my very first year of contract or after four years, it was important for me to get a degree mm-hmm. um, that I'll be offered a contract. But as we know, in professional sports situations change. You know, he was then fired, or I think he may have moved on, and Rob Beveridge came on, and um, you know, it's all about roles and opportunities. And at that time, there was no opportunity. And um, yeah, I mean, look, and, and even that having that year as a development player. Um, I think it was a real good, it was a natural progression as a contract player, but mm-hmm. to just be in a professional environment, I think, you know, and, I, and I'm helping out now with assistant coaching roles and state campaigns. Like 
I don't think um, the youth of today truly understand the level of commitment required to be a professional athlete. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think just even transitioning out that, that having that year as a development player really helped me in good stead. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Scotty Fisher. I mean, he was one that used to just, you know, he'd help sell out um, the yeah, glass house yeah. back in the day, um, you know, with those big python arms you used to have. Um, he used <laughs> yeah. to just, yeah, he used to just tear it up. <laughs> it must have been awesome just to meet, well, to be part of any system with him. Although it was short, obviously. Um, America, like uh, myself as a cricketer. I mean, cricket's my my main background, and you know, getting yeah. over to the UK and playing in the UK is something you want to do, and you get out there because it's sort of like the home of cricket and all that sort of stuff. Playing in America, you know, playing their game, I guess. Um, that must have been an experience. Yeah, I mean, look, and and as a you know, as a young kid, they're like, you know, I still got you know, year seven um, books where it says like, what do you want to be when you're older? And it's a professional basketball player. So NBA and 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 more so college was like yeah. what I wanted to be. And you know, that's all you are. Like you sort of get caught in that hysteria and 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 think now, but back then there wasn't so many Australians going across there, you know, like the whole college environment was, you know, like as much as you had known, you weren't really, you didn't know what it was. Like, it's, yep. you know, that's what Australian sports are doing at a junior level is obviously helping those young kids transition to the best environment. But that's exactly what college is. It's mm-hmm. like you're living and breathing um, basketball. Like you're getting into, you know, and an education, but at the end of the day, it's a results driven industry. So as an individual, you need to, place an emphasis on education but coaches are still trying to get wins and losses because yep. that's their job so they're not judging if you get a degree so um you know it's the next best thing from being a professional athlete without getting paid but in essence you're still getting paid you're getting a you know you're an education you're a degree, board yeah. and all these sort of things so yeah, yeah and look even yeah fast tracked you know like i left as an 18 year old kid like with no real independent skills like and just forced you know like i rock up and you know you 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 got to start washing, cooking, you know, all those sort of things yeah. that I guess is an, as, a, as an adult. So um, you're sort of forced in it. Um, I don't know if it's, it's good that you're forced <laughs> in it, but um, no, nah, obviously I, I loved it. Like I embraced it. Um, yeah. And, it, and, and oh, it was best time of my life, you know. If I could go back, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I'd just make sure I didn't um, – I'd be a little bit smarter off my credit card. But um, <laughs> nah, it was, it was hey, we, a, we all do that. part of growing up, isn't it? Um, so yeah. for just just as a, a bit of a novice, like you see on TV now, um, you know, the, the college sport and all that sort of stuff, are there big crowds mm. that go to that stuff? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, and there's obviously so many different levels from your Division One, Division Two, yeah. and we were number one ranked, so – for division two so we would have about three and a half to five and um you know we would have that full-on college and environment where yeah like the pep rallies um, and all that sort of stuff yeah yeah like that and not on the grand scale like my wife was then at boise state so she would have that the whole tailgating and um <laughs> yeah all that sort of stuff so you know, like, and I would have an experience. We were only we were two hours outside of Georgia, so yeah. I could go down and and get that that whole level, and that's a completely different level from me. Um, you know, like Division Two, but yeah, you would have that whole student section, and mate, it was like even looking back, it was crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, like there's a, I remember, yeah, yeah, we we won championships, and the whole crowd storms onto the court, and <laughs> um, we even had one time where there was a full on like 
there was like students fighting players like um, after <laughs> no. a game. Yeah, like it was like so. Yeah, it was just. I mean, you, you know, like that was done at anything like that sort of. Even in a way, looking at it like the news and stuff like there was obviously a bit of coverage, but it wasn't there. Yeah. Maybe obviously the timing was a bit different, but I, you know, if that was here, like it would have been front page yeah. investigations, all that sort of stuff. But it was just sort of like. Oh, that's what people do. That's what um, <laughs> players do. They, they, you know, students do storm onto the court and they get a bit passionate. The, uh, yeah, deal with the ramifications after that. So, <laughs> crazy. Okay, now you've uh, you've transitioned into um, uh, you know, a, a bit of a different role now in, in your professional sort of career. As you know, you're a former athlete now, and you you as yep. you said earlier, you got a real job. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you're working in youth development with the city of Vincent, but you've also got um a stitching time now. For those listeners that probably aren't aware of what that organisation's about, what what is stitching time about? Yeah. So for us, um, you know, it's all about mental health and self care and well being and. Mm-hmm. You know, for you know, I, I was fortunate enough to, to have created that back in 2014 as a as a as a professional athlete. But yep. now, um, gone on, it's using that as a platform not only to engage with um, individuals, but sporting clubs, um, schools, organisations, yep. just on the importance of mental health and self care. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and we're working with uh, you know our team right now is Brad Robbins, who's a who is a former captain and and Dr. Marnie Lishman, who's a psychologist. So it's obviously people understand the importance of mental health, but how do we provide evidence-based practice, um, you know, around that and actually give people tools and tips on how they can manage their well-being? Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned briefly before, sport was that one thing that provided an opportunity or a platform to engage with, with um, you know, like. Uh, a coach of mine was a mentor of mine and that's where I see it. You know, yeah. mental health is becoming this really prominent issue and we need to explore avenues and opportunities that continue education, continuing individuals and mm-hmm. um, educating individuals about the importance of mental health, but how they can actually assist each other and themselves. Yep. Um, and that's what our organization purely does. So look, it's, um, we just don't as a community place an importance in mental health and even as er- irrespective of what are we doing, you know, um, from a community standpoint of funding and, and obviously awareness is at an all-time high, but unfortunately the statistics continue to increase regarding suicide and, and yep. individuals diagnosed with mental health conditions. The other side is I look at it just even from a human life aspect, you know, of, you know, and then last few, however long I've done it, you know, we obviously get great traction and it's, and I think it's because of the buy-in from organisations and individuals themselves. But, mm-hmm. you know, I've gone to workshops where, you you know, you might get 10 or 20 um, people, participants. And, um, but then, but that's purely on mental health. But then if I was to bring in a, a talent coach or a highly specialised coach, coach, you would have 40 to 50, you yeah. know, um, and but at the end of the day, like we're talking about 14 to 17 year old kids where mental well-being would be more important, irrespective of what defensive schemes, what yeah. offensive philosophies, yeah. however someone's feeling. If they're feeling anxious, they're not confident, there's something going on in their life, we, we don't manage that, irrespective of the talent level, you know, we don't. So again, that's that's what we continue to preach. And um, obviously, you know, we do it in schools, but just because of the natural connection with, with sport, yeah. Um, yeah, we're obviously placing a high focus and priority on that too. So you get involved with some sporting clubs as well, I guess, like they, they might, or organisations, yeah, they might um, engage you as, a, as an organisation to come down and, and run some workshops and stuff? 
Yeah, well, the biggest thing is, is you know, we're trying to eliminate this, you know, your fly and flight model, tokenistic. It's, you know, one workshop and then, um, yeah, come in once a year. Like, it's a, it's a three-year plan, a sustainable yeah. thing where we continue evaluating and we can actually go, yeah, no, this is actually making it, uh, you know, um, there's qualitative and quantitative data behind mm-hmm. it that's saying, yeah, this is, we're actually, you know, increasing mental health literacy in, in individuals. You know, there's a an increase in... Um, understanding what support services are around, um, all those sort of yep. things. Um, and that's what we're doing. We, you know, we're, we're partnering with, with Basketball WA. You know, we're partnering with Athletics WA. We just met with, you know, Rowing WA. So um, for us, you know, we're seeing the, you know, we, we've even seen the, the amount of um, funding that goes from a government standpoint. Um, and whilst I understand it, it's even for me now, it's more needs to be invested into prevention and education. Yeah. Um, treatment's obviously really important, but I think we're at that point in the community where people know, like awareness is, is known. Like if you don't, yeah, this, if you ask what's one in five, people say, oh, it's the number that uh, individuals are struggling with mental health conditions. So, yeah, um, yeah look, I think awareness is is um, is important, but um, absolutely no doubt. But I think, um, you know, yeah, there's always prevention is better than cure, right? So yeah, no, definitely, um, more, definitely. More and more can be done in that space, and yeah, maybe try and angle that way. Definitely. Okay. Um. Look, we'll, we'll, I know uh, you sound very busy in the background there. So um, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll, no, we'll, I just got to say, yeah, that's good. that's always fun with the kids. Um. Okay. <laughs> I, I normally wrap up uh, all my interviews with uh, a speed round, so just some five quick questions you've got to answer as, as quick as you can. Okay. <laughs> so good. we'll start with number one. Most famous person you've met. Uh oh, jeez! Oh, Justin Timberlake. There you go. Wow, there you go. <laughs> um, your favourite sporting moment? Yeah, it would be a uh, favourite sport myself or in life. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, uh, well, yeah, it would be my my last championship. Yep. Okay. A dunk or a three pointer? Oh, mate, threes are way better than twos and just because I can't dunk. So <laughs> You're the white man who can't jump. Is that what it is? <laughs> exactly right. Um, exactly right. LeBron or MJ? Oh, MJ in a heartbeat. Yep. I, I, I totally agree. It's not even a contest for me. <laughs> nah, for sure. Um, not, not that LeBron can't play. I mean, he's outstanding, <laughs> nah, but, nah, but nah, there's, nah, there's nah. another level. MJ is just a completely Absolutely. different level. Um, Absolutely. And finally, this is my, my, my uh, tradition here, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Sorry, what was that? Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Oh, yeah. Pineapple definitely on a pizza. I'm yeah. all about that as well. Yeah. See, <laughs> it's amazing. I keep saying it all the time, but everyone I ask says yes, yet there's always a, a big thing everywhere. You see it, oh, people shouldn't have pineapple on pizza, but everyone yeah, I ask says yes. People just people love arguing, mate, so they say it. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> everyone wants a debate. Um, Look, Greg, it's been fantastic uh, for you to spend some time with us this morning. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure to hear your story in basketball and sort of what you're doing post-career, which is, uh, um, you know, we can can all all hang on to what we've done in the past, but it's what you're doing now is probably the the most important thing. And you've got, obviously, your lovely little kids and your wife and your family, but also you're making a difference um, in the community with what you're doing with the Stitch in Time. Nah, awesome. Nah, I really appreciate that. Nah, thanks for the opportunity. Okay, thank you very much. So, listeners, that was Greg Heyer um, from former Perth Wildcat, four-time championship winning Wildcat, but also um, doing some great stuff with A Stitch in Time. Uh, we're nearly getting to a close here at Inspire Radio, but we'll go to a song very, very soon. 
My name is Mark McGowan and you are listening to Inspire Radio. <laughs> 